tears. The Bible says something that I think is profound. The Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. <coughs> David encouraged himself in the Lord. I love that. My wife, I told you, she's my biggest cheerleader. She's my biggest fan. She, I, I absolutely love her to death, and she, she encourages me and pumps me up and keeps me going. Uh, but I'll tell you what, there are times when she can't fix a problem. There are times when she can't take away an issue, a difficulty, a, a situation. And there are times when no one else is going to be around necessarily. With No other human being can do it. But God can. God is our encouragement. He is our one who comes alongside of us. And in place of, of ruin and ashes and smoke, he puts hope. If you lose hope, folks, you're in trouble. And this is, concludes, this passage concludes in a moment with hope, the ultimate hope for the Christian, for the child of God. <clears throat> but we're to be encouragers. And, and Paul was a great encourager. And that's part of my calling as a pastor to be an encourager. And, and God help you to be an encourager to people around you. Folks, this world is so discouraging. This world is so down. Our country is so divided. There's so many problems facing America today. We, we need to encourage, not discourage one another. And at first here in this passage, Paul seems to contradict himself because in verse 15, he said, let us therefore as many as be perfect, be thus minded. But then in verse 12, he had already said, not that I've already attained, either we're already perfect. So wait a minute, which is it? He said, I'm not perfect yet, but he said, uh, but if we're perfect, we're thus minded. And what he means here is mature. Be mature in the Lord. Not perfect in the sense of sinless, but be mature in the Lord. And there are two responses to Paul's challenge. Those who were thus minded, those who were, in fact, agreeing that growth, maturity, and pressing on are important goals for the believer, and those who, who know they've got to keep on uh, working toward that maturity, and they left behind the idea of, of legalism, in, in particular here in, in Philippians, and they're not seeking their own perfection, but they're seeking to know the Lord better intimately on a day-to-day -day basis. Do we seek to know him, to draw alongside of him, to know him better every single day? If you are one of those people, you are thus minded. You're, you're like Paul was in attempting to, to grow every single day. Otherwise, minded is different. Otherwise, minded might be people who think they've already arrived. They're already perfect. They're already good enough. They have works that justifies them, they think. Or it could mean they're headed in an entirely different direction. They're not going, they don't have the same goals that Christ has. They don't have the same goals that you and I have if we're serving the Lord, if we're following the Lord. They trust their works and their heritage or whatever else. They're content with satisfying their fleshly um, appetites. And Paul reiterates that spiritual maturity comes from following those who follow the examples of God's word. And he encourages the Philippians to continue to follow these, these same standards with a pure attitude. What's the second thing? Godly examples around us, verse 17. Paul invites the Philippians to join uh, in following his example, become a fellow imitator of him. That's the word mimic that we would have in, in our English. And, and, you know, again, it's kind of ironic because if somebody's copying you as a kid, it's, it's offensive and it makes you angry and it makes you unhappy. But we are to copy those 
who are the right kind of people. We're to, we're to fix our, uh, our eyes on those who are walking the right paths and determine we're going to walk that way because they are a good example. They were examples, which is in the Greek was tupos, T-U-P-O-S, or a pattern. How many of you, uh, my mom used to sew dresses all the time, and she would have these patterns. I remember all these envelopes with, back in the 50s and 60s, and, and they would have whatever style of dress was on there, and she would take, I was always fascinated with it. She'd take her bolt of fabric, and she'd lay it, lay it out on a table, kitchen table usually, and then she'd take these little uh, flimsy paper pattern things out, and she'd pin them all down, and then she'd take scissors, and sometimes she'd let me do that, take the scissors and cut around the pattern, and then you sew them together. Well, how would you go about that if you didn't have a pattern? If you had a bolt of fabric, you say, I think I'll make a, uh, I think I'll make a shirt. Okay, I'll just get scissors out and start cutting without a pattern. That's not going to work. And you know what? We need patterns to follow. We need examples to follow. We need two-pos pattern. And it meant to strike an exact image. And I think we have this up here. Coins are struck uh, at a mint, and, and they are an exact replication or the exact opposite of what the stamp is. That's what this word is here. So we're to be, we're to strike an exact image like coins. Paul says, I'm setting the pace uh, for you, Timothy. So now follow me as I follow the Lord. In 1 Timothy 1.16, how be, how be it for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all the long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. We have all these patterns who've gone before us. Uh, the Apostle Peter was a pattern. Uh, Paul was a pattern. Timothy was a pattern. Uh, 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 all of these godly, Christ was the ultimate uh, pattern. And when Paul uses the word us here, he opens up the scope of the model uh, Christian far beyond himself to people like Timothy and Epaphroditus and Silas and several others, including you and me. Are we a pattern for someone else? Are we a tupas, an example for someone else? If someone were to mimic us, if someone were to copy us, if someone were to lay out life goals based on the life goals that you have, would it be a good thing or would it be a bad thing? What kind of examples are we in our workplace, in the Navy, on North Island, the amphib base, downtown, in the office building? In GMS, in whatever else, what kind of example are we? are we? Are we setting a pattern that if people, in fact, copy us, if people, in fact, mimic us, if people, in fact, follow after us, it'll be a blessing and not a curse. A godly example or pattern is priceless, especially for new Christians. The early days of my ministry, I, I was a, a youth pastor when I graduated from Bible college in a church in Illinois for about a year and a half, two years, and the pastor there went to another church in Colorado, and he asked me to come join the staff there. <coughs> so after we got a, a pastor, replacement pastor in Illinois, I followed him to Colorado. <coughs> and I was with him there about another year and a half or so uh, there. But when I came to California, uh, it was my first pastorate. It was my first opportunity to be the pastor, the lead pastor, the one in charge, making the decisions and so on. And so in the early days of my ministry in particular, I, I patterned my life after others that I knew. 
I think of my preacher I was called to preach under, Arnold Everett from Alabama. How about Bama, huh? How about that? Uh, that's another subject. Uh, I, I patterned my life after him. A big guy, great big guy from Alabama, booming voice, and uh, I mean, hellfire, damnation. Uh, he would preach, and he, when he would preach, the first row or two would be blessed by some of the That part wasn't blessed. But anyhow, I followed him. He, he lived for God. He worked 54 to um, sometimes more hours a week than that doing construction and then would do the pastoring on top of that and would preach every Sunday morning and preach every Sunday night and preach every Wednesday night. And we'd go out making visits sometimes on Saturday when he wasn't working construction. And I patterned my life after him. I wanted to be a, a hard worker, and I wanted to be someone who cared about others. He invested his time. In a, in a teenage boy, from the time I was a sophomore in high school until I was a sophomore in college, he invested his life in me, and I wanted to be, so he became a pattern. I think of the, pattern, the pastor I had in Springfield, Missouri, Tom McGath. Uh, Tom McGath was a, an incredible preacher. I, he, I just loved to hear him preach. He was, he was, a, he was a nutcase, though. He, he, was, he, had, he had lost a leg as a little boy, uh, and so he had this artificial limb, and so uh, I mean, he, he, when he said first time he baptized, he got down in the water, and his leg floated to the top and freaked out the person he was baptizing. Another time he said he was driving down Kearney Avenue in Springfield, Missouri, on his motorcycle, and he, he got a lady hit him, and he got into a wreck, and he went flying off one direction. His leg went flying off another direction. She absolutely freaked out. Uh, so he, he learned to baptize. He'd have to wrap chains around his artificial leg so it would keep it down below the water level uh, when, when he baptized. But this guy could preach, man. I'm telling you, he was a preacher. And, I, and he had on his pulpit, he had printed of the verse, Sir, we would see Jesus. And that was his goal, was to make sure everybody saw the Lord Jesus Christ in every sermon he preached. And that became a goal for me. That became, he became a pattern that I don't want to get up and waste people's time. I don't want to tell them my ideas. I want to tell them what the Word of God has to say. I think of a pastor I worked for for those years as I was a youth pastor, uh, Gary Gray, and uh, so many things he did so right. So many things he set a great example. He was clean morally. He was a generous person. He gave uh, to the work of God. He, uh, he, he gave as much as anybody else in the church, certainly more percentage-wise, uh, than people who had a lot more than he did. Uh, but he became a pattern. I think of, of a fellow named Jack Howe, some of you may or may not know, who became one of my heroes in the ministry. I think of Jerry Falwell, who more of you will probably know, who became one of my heroes in the ministry. And I, I would pattern my life after some of these. So my question to you is, are you a godly example? Are you a godly pattern? Are you someone that someone else will copy to the glory of God in your realm of influence. And every single one of us have realms of influence. In the home, young moms and dads, it's your kids, first of all, first and foremost. One of the most powerful commercials I ever remember in my life back in the day when they were trying to talk about the uh, dangers of smoking and back when a lot more people used to smoke cigarettes, they had a, a, a man walking in the, I think it was in the forest, and his little boy was following after him, and, and his little boy would take steps to walk exactly where his dad walked. And you could see he was, he was mimicking his dad, doing everything his dad did. And his dad sat down next to a tree, 